is called overcoming the pussycat syndrome. <laughs> Hallelujah. It may look very funny, you know. What kind of title is this? I was expecting something you will understand later. Overcoming what? The pussycat syndrome. Now in those days, pussycat, I'm talking of pussy, pussycat. What do you think I'm talking about? You thought I was speaking French or Greek? Eh? Yeah, pussy. Ah, yeah, that was it. Busu. Okay. <laughs> Overcoming the pussycat syndrome. You know, <clears throat> in those days, I remember we used to have one little poem how the pussycat went to England to see the queen. How many of you can remember that? Uh, can you recite a poem? Pusika, Pusika. <laughs> Where have you been? London to do what? To see the queen. You know? And then the next sentence that says, Pusika, Pusika, what do you see when you go to London? He said, I saw a mouse under the queen's throne or table. That's serious. You went to see the queen. What you find is what? It's a mouse. What does that tell you? It tells you when you come to church, instead of seeing God, you see devil. God is so much enthroned, but you don't see God, you see devils. There are no devils here. So your eyes must begin to change. You don't have to become like a pussycat who went to England to look for a queen. He couldn't see the queen. He got to the palace. He couldn't see the queen. And that means when you come to church, the only thing you see is what is in your heart already before you come. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? You say people go to church. What do you think they are looking for, uncle? It's what is in their heart. There are some things they already make up in their heart. That is what they are looking for. People have told them so many things. They don't come to church to look for God. They don't seek God in the church. The throne is highly exalted. We can talk about it, but we are not seeing God on the throne. We are not seeing God suffering. We are not seeing God ruling. In all things about our lives, we see the devil under the seat. Our eyes are for the devil. Devil is killing us. God said, I'm sitting here. saying, no, sir, I'm not seeing you. I'm seeing the devil. Can you see? Imagine the devil sitting under the throne of God. And that's how the pussycat thinks. Pussycat will spend all his money to travel to England. Only to begin to look for mouse. And the funny thing is, he saw the mouse, he couldn't even get the mouse too. Because the place where the mouse was sitting was already on the throne. So even the devils on the throne won't harm you. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? He said, I get mad about the church. We, do we know the God we are worshiping? Do we know the one we've, we've come to worship? Do we know the one that have invited us? Do we know the one that died for us? Do we understand him? You carry one book, come to church, and say, where are you going to? I'm going to serve God. And when you come to the same house of God, the only thing you see and go back home with is the devil on the throne. Pussycat. He will change your name today. <laughs> and that is in, is in the mind. It's in the mind. That is why we can't get anything. That's why we can't receive anything. 
The goodness of the Lord is all abundant, but we can't see them. We see. Oh, no wonder the scripture says, say, when your eyes are single, your whole body shall be full of light. Yes. Yeah. You travel all the way to London. Hmm? He can't even describe the beauty of the queen. The pussycat couldn't see how glorious the throne was. In fact, Cleveland would talk to the king, I mean the queen himself, I mean herself. No! There was something in his heart. I'm just looking for a mouse. It's like, what did I have to spend all my money traveling here to England to look for the queen? I'm not really looking for the queen, I'm looking for a mouse. And accidentally I found a mouse, and where is the mouse? It's right under the throne of the queen. And I can't even approach that. But God is saying, come here. He said, come over to the throne. He said, there is grace for you to come to the throne. He said, sit with me in heavenly places. Ephesians 2, 6. Say, we are seated together with him where? In heavenly places. What do you see when you come to church? What do you see when you come to church? What do you see? Think about it. What, what do you see? I'm asking the question. When you come to fellowship... What do you see? Say, lift up your eyes, O your gates, and the King of glory shall come in. There will be an expression and a discovery of the King of glory when you truly can see the way He wants you to see. We come to church, we don't see anything good. See the devil, see the witches, see the wizard, all of those things that are the things we see. Why did we come? This is a place where God resides, man. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? This is a place where God wants to reveal himself. He's got his glory all set up here. His presence is overwhelming. If only you can see. You don't have to be a pussycat to spend all your time. Traveling from coast to coast. I didn't know how the pussycat got there. But a true sheep, I don't know. Maybe he hid himself. He said from one of those sheep that was fell into England. Only to get to the palace, he had entrance to go to the palace, he could see. But he said, oh, seeing the person sitting there, you are looking for something else. What do you look for when you come to service? Hallelujah. Amen? God has got his own throne. God has set up his own throne. We only need to come to the throne and partake of his glory. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 4, chapter 16. Let me read something from Matthew 16. I just want to show you something here. Matthew 16. Oh, yeah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Matthew 16, are you there with me? It's an interesting thing. You see, I'm amazed when I see what is going on. I'm amazed when I see the kind of denominations we are into today and the things that we project, the things that we preach, the things that we believe without knowing that the things you believe actually forms your life and to a large degree forms your character. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Your belief system forms your character. Your attitude even at home forms your they are formed by the things you believe and the things you trust in. I mentioned here a few weeks ago in the by course of the the, the, the Bible study, I was trying to make you understand that the greatest problem God is having today on the earth is nothing but religion. God is not having any trouble with anybody. The greatest trouble is religion. And everybody is a religious person because whether, even if you say you don't believe in God, you still believe in something else. Because religion is simply concepts and systems and beliefs 
that are put together by which people are guided. Am I right, somebody? So religion tells you that when you kill, there, there are several religions that tell you that when you kill, you have a place in paradise. Huh? So you now have suicide bombers. Do you understand what I'm talking about? These people don't understand that their fellow human beings, they are still the beings of God. They are the sons of God. They don't have concept and have believe in that. Why is it so? Because religion says, if you can kill the number of persons you kill, that is the kind of reward you get when you get to heaven. You know they are religious like that. Don't you? When you get angry with people like Osama Bin Laden, it's not their making. It's religion that makes them who they are. It's the concepts that they have believed into that drives them to do the things they do. And so when you pray your fire prayer, what have driven you to do that? Religion. Someone is using God, you are using the spiritual weapon. But both of you are still murderers. The other man said the man that does not believe in Islam is an enemy. You said the man does not allow me to get what I want to get from God is an enemy. You are saying the same thing. So keep killing. One is using weapons, you are using spiritual weapons. Both of you are murderers. What do you see when you come to church? You see car syndrome? Must die. <laughs> if you can't truly really believe that a God you come to serve can save you, don't ever believe in him. Change your thinking now. If you can't believe that the God who called you, you remember you can call yourself. He called you. He knows why he called you. Before the foundation of the world, he knows that at this time you are going to serve him. That God will call you. If that God, if you think that he can't save you all the time, don't serve him. Look for another God. Because what kind of a God would that be who cannot protect and preserve his people? Hallelujah. The Lord was speaking to me a few weeks ago. He said, what do you think? <laughs> when King David was saying, even I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I've evil. What, what do you think you're talking about? Oh, look into that some other time. The valley of death is not people trying to kill you. It's a shadow of the real thing. Shadow of the truth that we now have. David was saying, I'm born in such a season. I can see a glory ahead. And now I'm walking by the law. <laughs> that is why it's got a shadow. Death doesn't have a shadow. It got a shadow because he was talking about the law. And it's a shadow of the written. And Christ is the light. I'm looking forward. Even now passing through, I can just hook up unto him. And so when you look at shadow of death, you're looking at people trying to kill you. You're looking at trouble in the sea. See us. Huh? Man, that's no shadows of death. We're talking about that. Matthew 16. When Jesus came, I'm reading from verse 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, Who do men say that I the son of man am? You know, I'm, I'm always reading this scripture. Have you? <laughs> it doesn't strike you. God keeps speaking to me from this passage every day. I don't know why. Now get this. Who do men say that I am? I the son of man am. Hmm? Son of my arm. <laughs> what a construction. And the said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist. 
Some Elias, another Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said unto them, But who say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon, by Jonathan, for flesh and blood, as human being, have not revealed it unto thee, but by my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember last week I made mention of that to you. Remember, if you look at what Jesus said, I didn't say who the man say. Look at the construction. He said, who the man say, I, the son of man, am. You see, the am is still there. I am that I am. And I told you that every human being is in the I am. Because that is how you start ever identifying yourself. Your spirit is always identifying. But that's not where I'm going this morning. Watch this. Jesus asked the question, who do men say that I am? And they have all minds of conjectures and, and, and thinking and, and philosophy. That, that tells you something that until Christ is truly revealed to you, you see him from the angle that you think you can know him the best. And so when you come to church sometimes, you know what you do? You can see him as a prophet who wants to minister to you. You can see him as the one that wants to bless you. You can... Now you get what I'm talking about. That is what you are seeing. You are not seeing him as the son of God. You come in to look for him as a prophet who wants to bless you with this prophecy. And so you go to the church and you call them prophet. And you know, remember, was it Wednesday we said the same thing? Huh? We think spiritual churches has to do with those who speak, who can see visions. Is that the meaning of spiritual church? No, spiritual churches are people that have the same mind, the same conjecture, the same thinking, the same spirit, the same judgment. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Devoid of biting, hatred, jealousy, envy, strife. That's a spiritual church. Spiritual church. These are traditional churches. These are not spiritual churches. We go, we call them spiritual churches, but in the true sense of it, they are traditional African churches. Is that okay? A glorified model of traditional worship. Hmm. Glory to God. So men see him as prophet. They want a prophecy. Is that okay? Men see him as a baptizer. They want to become Baptist. <laughs> Christ is defragmented by our thinking. So everybody, you see, you, you look at Christ and you see him from another perspective entirely until there is going to be a revelation of who Christ is unto you. And I want to tell you something. Jesus was saying, simply saying, he said, hey, Peter, get this right. It is upon this revelation of the Father that I'm the Son of God that I'm going to build my church. And what happens when I build my church based on revelation, the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. But when you're looking for a prophet, the gate can prevail. When you're looking for a baptist, the gate can prevail. When you're looking for a Jeremiah, the gate can prevail. Anything else you are looking for, the gates of hell is going to prevail. But when you come to the place of the revelation of the Son of God, forget about it. God keeps me going because that is the rock. I'm standing on the rock. Nothing is going to move me. I know it. He's not building it on those things. <laughs> He's not building it on bless me, bless me. Who do you see when you come to church? A prophet? Who are you looking for when you come to church? Are you getting this man? A Baptist? No, God wants you to see the song. 
Because in seeing the sun, you become the sun. He said, beholding as in a glass. You understand that? We have changed from what? From glory to glory as we see Him. You become what you see. And so, anytime you come to church and say, well, I'm looking for the prophet. And God said, well, I'll give you a word. <laughs> because that's what you're looking for. But I want you to come to the place of self-discovery. And do you know what that word means when you talk about reveal? The word reveal is apocalypto. And it simply means to take off the cover. That is to disclose, to reveal. To take off the cover. It means Christ is covered. It means the sonship of Christ is covered. But it will take God's grace to give you an insight. And there will be an opening. And you see who Christ is. And by the time you know who he is, the gates of hell cannot prevail against your life. What's the gates of hell? It's a common expression that describes where elders cease to discuss issues by the gates of the city. Every city in that time have gates and elders come to make judgment in those places. Are you, getting, are you getting what I'm talking about? So when he said the gates of hell, he's talking about people who want to slander you, who want to run you down, who want to do all manner of things to you in their own congregation as they gather together. Jesus said, all that they are planning to do cannot be failed because you know me. He said, in knowing me, all their thoughts will amount to what? To nothing. Well, you don't know him. <laughs> Paul said, this knowledge is not in every man. First Corinthians 15. And so when you come in, the only thing you're looking for is how much blessing God is going to bless you. These are just very, very minor things that even if you don't come looking for God, you can still get. So you're not looking for him for the things he can give to you, people of God. You come to him so that you can know him. I say, God, reveal yourself to me. Moses will pray, say, I won't go unless you come with me. Let me have a revelation. You said you know me. You said you call me by name, but let me. You got to go with me. I can't go alone. And God said, I'm going to show you my backside. What he was trying to show is I'm going to show you part of the principles that I'm going to use to bring people out of Egypt. And I'm going to give you the law. That's the backside. That's the shadow of the real thing. You are going to be the apostle of the shadow. Come on now. I'll show you my backside. Huh? Come on, are you getting what I'm talking about? The light is in front, the shadow is going to be, I will show you my backside. There is still a glory on my backside, but it's a greater glory on the front. Come on now. Are you seeing this? And so he gave Moses the apostle of the Old Testament because he showed him his backside. <laughs> but even the backside had a glory. Are you sitting there with me? You've got to know him. Come and discover God for yourself. Know him. Let there be that revelation of who this Christ is. By that time, I'm not talking of mystical thoughts. I'm talking about when Christ is actually made known to you. And now you know that I know him. You know what Paul will say? He said, I know him. 
and that is able to preserve or to keep anything that I commit into his hand. I know him. When will you come to that place where you know that your life is so much in his hand and nothing can touch it? Hallelujah. Don't forget the pussycat issue. I'm sure you're not forgetting so easily. <laughs> because it's the same principle. Men were looking at Jesus. That's to tell you something. That merely looking at Jesus, you can't know who he is. They were all walking together. His own apostles were still all around him. They were just walking together. I said, man, what do men think that I am? Well, people said, we can't even say. Some say you are a prophet. Or you just prophets I give to people. Give them, bless them, and things like that. But in your own, in your own perception, where am I? And so God wants you to know him for yourself. Is that all right? And he says, when you get to know him for yourself, there is no plan in the heavens, on the earth, under the earth, either by men, principalities and power, put together, that can overtake you. It's just not possible. So the gates of hell cannot prevail against the church that I am building. And you as an individual, you are a church. So I can only be in my church on the revelation of who I am. When men knows who I am, then they stand on a solid foundation. That the gates of hell cannot prevail against. What is your concept about the God you serve? What is your perception about the Jesus that you call upon every day? What is your perception? You always want men to introduce him to you. Every day you want men to introduce Jesus to you. When will he reveal himself to you? Paul will say, listen to me, the gospel I preach is not given to me by men. But when he pleased God to reveal his son in me, I confess not with flesh and blood. I didn't go to any human being to take instructions because he revealed himself to me on a personal level. And that is why he says, he said, what can separate us from the love of Christ? That means he will call us, he will reveal himself to us. What can separate us? Not even death can do that. We are so united that not even the plans of men can do that. There is so much of a union between us. You may have your weaknesses, you may have your failures, but I want to assure you this morning, you are so connected to Christ that nothing can separate you. You are afraid of the gates of hell. I've come to announce to you, you have no need to be afraid of God. I mean, the gates of hell. You only need to know. <laughs> Hallelujah. You are following what I'm talking about? So, just knowing him as one of the prophets amounts to nothing. Knowing Jesus as one that meets your needs amounts to nothing. Because you may have all those needs and the gates of hell can still do what? Prevail. They can still prevail. Amen? And these are the reasons why when you sleep, you don't sleep well. Because you don't even know that he that watches over you, neither sleep nor slumber. You don't know him. It's, it's, it should take a revelation to know that there is God around you when you're sleeping. It will take a revelation and understanding and a conscious awareness, conviction beyond all doubt to know that anytime you lie down, God is there. 
Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying? Now watch this. John chapter 1. Hallelujah. Are you done with me? In John chapter 1, add it from verse 1 to 5. And the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was what? Life. In whom was life? In the word, in the son, was what? Life. And the life was what? The light of man. Jesus, who is the same word, in him is life. And that life is what? The light of man. Sometimes when you just simply read through the scriptures, you may not really see the import of what he's trying to portray. Until you take time to meditate. It means my light is God's life. Found in the sun. So if I know the sun, I will have the life of God which becomes my light. Hallelujah. Now look at the next thing. And the light shineth in darkness. Are you there with me? And the darkness did what? Comprehended it not. You know what it means? That word darkness is kotia in the Greek. And it means to dimness. It talks about dimness. Where you don't see. He speaks about obscurity. Hallelujah. Then when you talk about comprehend, that is what I'm really, really interested in. Catalambano, that is what it means by comprehend. When you talk about comprehend, it means to take eagerly, that is, to seize, to possess, etc. To apprehend, to attain, to come upon, to comprehend, to find, to obtain, to perceive, to overtake. Listen closely. Are you done with me? He said the darkness cannot comprehend. Well, it's not talking about cannot understand. What it means is, because sometimes when you talk about comprehension, in your English language, you're talking about understanding. That is not a context in which it is used. When he say darkness cannot comprehend, it means darkness cannot overtake. Darkness cannot seize you eagerly. Darkness cannot override you. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? He said the light is the light of men. And that light shines in the midst of humanity. And no power in humanity can overtake that light that is in your life. Hallelujah. I want you to take it again. To take eagerly. That is to say no matter how much desire people have. With all eagerness to subdue you. To bring you down. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? The light in you makes it impossible for such a thing to do what? To happen.
the darkness cannot comprehend it. It cannot overtake it by eagerness. There is no desire of men put together against you that is succeeding. Because you have the light which is the life of God. And that is why your light will keep on shining. Even when men think you are coming down, something is coming out of you. Because it's not your life. It's the life of God that is in the sun. Hallelujah. What is this problem of fear so much over your life? Listen to me. You have a life that darkness cannot comprehend. So you must know him. Hallelujah. Amen. It means to seize. It means to possess. That is to say, no power of darkness has the ability to possess your life. It is in light that was all around Adam in the garden. And somebody asked me, hey, but then how did Adam fall? He willingly gave it up. <laughs> the darkness could not comprehend the light, but Adam gave it up willingly because he needed to go along with the wife. Huh? Are you getting what I'm talking about? The Bible tells me, and I, this is what I believe, and I tell you, these are the things that keep me going. That is why my life is very, very peaceful, if you will. There might be all of those things, yes, but they have some eternal security. Is that okay? When it comes to the issue of God, my religion, I have some eternal security. What am I talking about? Because I know that I got a life of the sun. And this life of the sun is my light. And this light we shine because I know no power of darkness has the ability equally to seize or to possess or to overtake me. It is just not possible. God came to give you something that no power of the enemy can overtake. And you are so frightened. Looking like lilies and jellies and swayed anyhow like reeds by every wind. All manner of thoughts and frequencies begin to affect your life and your thinking shift all the time. All because you have not discovered who the sun is. You are still suffering from the pussycat syndrome. Who came to look for the sun? Sitting on the throne. But you are looking for the things that will be prophesied for you and the things you will gather and the things you will get. And the things that will make you richer than you are and things like that. Those are not the things you are here to look for, people of God. I'm not here to give those things to you because those things will follow you. Do you understand that? Those things are meant to follow us. And they are going to follow you here. See, let me tell you something. There are tremendous testimonies from among the members of this church. It's just that we don't come here every day. Happy praise the Lord. God did this, God did that. Yeah, because we are not used to that kind of tradition. But tremendous things, tremendous things. Some things that people can say, Pastor, this has happened. Pastor, they have said, Glory to the Father. Let him have all the glory, not man. You know, sometimes you see. He says, oh, because of, yes, no, see, we, we pastors want to say, okay, daddy, your prayer works. And then we feel big, you understand what I'm talking about? Okay, your prayer works. 
That is I want to your prayer work. It has always been working. And we continue to work. But we don't need to make noise about it. How many of you can remember the difference between the dog and the hen again? Huh? Can you remember that? The dog have no time. Very calm. He will lay his egg. And human beings will say, hey, don't touch the head, the egg of a dog. How many people have been going to pick dog egg? But when fowl lays the egg, is it, what, any, anything in the soup said, I'm going to take two eggs. <laughs> oh my goodness. Go, I'm going to take two eggs. How many of you, four of you? Okay, take four, take four. And then let your father have two. You see that? But the dog is there. It will have all the things. They will all be complete and walking majestically on the street. I don't believe in noise making, but my life is secured. <laughs> but you see the hand just throughout all trouble making wherever you put your things, it's coming here to destroy them. That's why you're always after him. Glory to God. We must come to the place of stability in life, people of God, knowing that there is this God. There is this God. <laughs> We're so sovereign and is watching over my life. I don't dream to see devils. The devil are pursuing me any day. I don't know why. I just don't know why. I can't see devil pursuing me. I don't know. But see, the devil is always after them because they don't know him. They come to church to see devil, so when they go home, devil walks with them. There's this professor in Mesa Vibadon. What's his name? He came into, he used to come to Harvesters. You may remember him now. Fine. Three days ago, he was with me, talking with me. Just share it with me. Hey, listen to me. I make contacts in the spirit. Not with devils. Because I don't see one. If I fail, it's because I did not articulate my life properly. Not have to do with any devil. What devil? Devil what? This man was conquered 2,000 years ago. He said, I see him fall like lightning. Jesus told the apostles. Then he had not even gone to the cross. I see him fall like lightning. Not of fair 2,000 years ago. That's the man that you're troubling your life. You have no understanding. Your problem is the pussycat syndrome. You're not seeing him. You're not seeing the throne. But you're seeing the devil all the time. How does the devil look like? Somebody will tell us. <laughs> but I don't know how to describe him because I haven't seen him. But I know my Lord is glorious. He is wonderful. He is an excellent counselor. He is a mighty God. I can describe my God because I can't describe the devil. So you help me. How does he look like? Short man or tall man? <laughs> come on, I don't know. Uh, uh, come on, am I talking to somebody? You see, upon this revelation, you're fine, okay? Yeah. Upon this understanding of who the Son of God is, I will build my church. And the gates of hell cannot Prevail, overtake, comprehend, apprehend, seize. Come on. Have you heard what I'm talking about? It's just not possible. It's just not possible, Max. It's just not possible. 
If we fail, it's not the devil. If we fail, it's not anything to do with our sensual causes. No! He has given me all things that pertains to life and godliness. All things. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, but I just pray I can help you. And I pray I can help the body of Christ. To come out of this problem that we have carried, that we keep carrying, because some people, either because of height or position, is that okay? They, they, they come in with all manner of thoughts, all manner of teachings, some manner of precepts, and people begin to buy into those things, and their lives are changed instead of being free. Instead of being free, they are chained, bound. You walk in the streets, no liberty. You go to the office, no liberty. In the home, no liberty. In the church, we can't even trust ourselves anymore. Because we know so much about how the witches watch, walk, how wizards walk, how the devil walks. So when you look at your neighbor, you say, begin to see what the pastor says. This, this man. When somebody sees her. Oh, she was just sitting there saying, I want to see that because somebody is sitting here and they designed this mommy. Have that thing the pastor said. What a mess. What a confusion in the house of God where you are supposed to see Christ. We must come to the place if you see me, I'll send the Father. I don't look at you and see which your wizard spirit. I don't see those things. I can't even see them. And because I don't see them, they come anytime I show up, they don't manifest anymore because I don't see them. Come on, they can't walk. <laughs> I don't know. I want you to. <laughs> come on, I don't know. How do I help you? Am I helping you? Because I want you to be free. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes the snake just keep running. Even when nobody is pushing. Why? Because his tail is whipping the grass. And he thinks somebody is coming. That's your problem. Nobody is after you. But because your trouble is so long, your mentality is all hanging behind you. And everything, all the trees are shaking. They are just like the snake. <laughs> That's a problem. Because the tail is so long. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Jimmy, you caught the picture? Nobody is after the snake. Do you know something? When you see snake, you'll be running for your life. Snake is we're running on his own. And his tail will be whipping the chair. I said, the man is still after me. And he will increase speed. That's the problem with man. Nobody is after you, but you are just running. You know, one of the things that makes me not to be an athletic man in my secondary school days was that. I told you, I can do any field event, but to run on the track, I said, no, how can I not be running when nobody pushing me? <laughs> so, so in my secondary school, I refuse to be on the track. I don't do any track event. If you call me, I say, I'm not doing it. If you want me to run, I will pretend to fail so I don't come back. Because I say, how can I just be running when nobody is watching me? I won't do that. But give me the javelin, give me the short put, give me the high jump, anything I will do. 
But that one, no, I want to be sure of myself. Who is after me? That's what's happening to everybody. And right now, you say, people, you know, you're driving, you're looking at the real mirror. What's your problem? Who did you have problem with? Did you cheat any man? <laughs> so, you're looking at the real mirror, whether there's a red light following you. I don't like that car. Hey, I like it. It's not bad. <laughs> I just want you to be free. See, there is a way you live that even when they are planning to destroy you, somebody will say, we can't touch this man. We love him. And you get what I'm talking about? It happened to me some days back when I was still in the university. I told you, you understand? I never knew some people put themselves together. They said they want to eliminate me. Then I was not a believer. But I only have my strong faith that you can touch me. I have ever believed that from the one. The very moment God dropped me here, I know that no man born of a human being can take my life. I wasn't aware. After about a week, a young man came and said, man, you are lucky, man. I said, what's lucky about that? He said, we saw you in that place where you're eating in that canteen and we were sent to come and eliminate you. But we couldn't. One of them said, that guy, he's a good guy. We can do that to him. He's a very good man. He began to describe me to them. And they went back to the guy that sent them. And they said, you get back your money. The guy said, you can give me back money to take it back money. We can do it. Three days after they came to me and said, this is what we wanted to do. This is the person that sent us. I know why he sent them, but they couldn't do anything. I wasn't fasting and praying for me to be protected. But I know my hands are in the life of God. My school was such a dangerous place where you can't step into. My, 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 those who've been to the school, they know. My studio was next to the cemetery. Now, people don't go there in the night because they say it's closed cemetery. I said, I want to have fellowship with them. So I go there sometimes, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and I have to be in the studio. Single, I'm alone. I'm always there alone. 5 a.m., before coming. Close to the cemetery. If I'm going to then I pass through the cemetery. Come on. What is the problem about fear in your life? That is your trouble. I never saw any spirit attack me any day passing through the cemetery. But some of you can even get close to the gate of the cemetery. Am I talking? You can't, you can't. Hey, you can't. Even see in a coffin, you'll be running. A dead man. Where are you running to? Your life is full and full of nothing but what fear. No man is after you. You are just after yourself. Like that snake, you are just after yourself. Now you need to be delivered. And what is the deliverance? Knowing that there is a life you carry, and that life is your light. And that light, the powers of darkness cannot comprehend. They can't put it out. They can't touch it. They can't overcome it. Even if they want to seize it, they can't seize it. I see something flowing out of you. I see something rising out of you. I see glory coming out of your life. <laughs> I remember my father. You know he's not an educated man. In that sense. Western education. But he's such an intelligent human being. There was a day we were discussing, I said, oh, Daddy, this what that man is saying. He said, who born dog? <laughs> you know, did you understand that? I said, this is what I heard. He said, who born dog? What is trying to tell you? Is he, a dog amounts to nothing. Who born dog means nothing can happen. When your father begins to tell you that, you know that you are signed on the good ground. 
He said, who born dog? Eh? <laughs> I'm asking you the same question. All this trouble that's after you, who born dog? <laughs> Amen? Why are you killing yourself? No devil is after you anywhere. You are too... F- He's not just dead. There is so much of light. No, no, there's light here. How can darkness come in here? It's not possible. Even if it is 8 p.m. in the night with this light on, darkness cannot still come in. So all you need to do is to make sure your light burns brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. I have no problem with any human being. I'm not envious, I'm not jealous. Is there time? Is there season? I don't have time for anybody. I'm not envious, I'm not jealous, I'm not bothered about anybody's success. Everybody is fine. They are all my friends. Is that okay? Are you following what I'm talking about? Just live peacefully, man. See, if it is possible, as it you see, if I talk, you say, you say, work for those things that make for peace. Say, there are some things that make for peace. Say, you work for them, push for them. So that as others around you are having peace, you too can also be doing what? Having your own peace. You need peace in your life. What's all this trouble? What's all these eyes? All this, all this. All this periscope that you use to sniff all over your life, sneak dog, you know, everything. Looking at people's lives, how is that sister, everything. What's your problem? What are you looking for? Pussy cat? People pass around you, 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 just, you know, where did he come from? My land is grandfather. Something's wrong with you. Is the grandfather Jesus Christ? They are called to know Jesus. You're not called to know people's grandfather. All those long stories about where people come from, you want to trace where the cause is coming from. Who, who gave you that kind of ministry? You trace, trace until the fourth and fifth generation. You are not worried. History. There's a big difference between history and life. Is that okay? That's why you're talking about historical knowledge and revelation knowledge. The fact that somebody can talk about Jesus Christ doesn't mean he knows Christ. Come on, am I talking to somebody now? You may describe him in my right stories about him. That is historical knowledge. But I'm talking of knowing him as a revelation, as my life. And Paul said, the life I live in the flesh, I live no longer to myself. But I live by the life of the Son of God who died and gave his life for me. Oh, if your faith is based on historical knowledge, you fail. Because history is always on the past. That's my already past human being. Ooh, come on now. Am I talking to somebody? But here we are living in the present. For faith is now. Huh? And faith is something of this whole fall. The evidence of this not seen. But listen, we got to see them. Because by the Spirit, we got to know them. And when you don't know them, they become great frustrated. Hallelujah. Say, how do you know? By the Spirit. Is that okay? You know when Sister K was talking yesterday, God was sharing something with me. I was speaking with Bess. Is Bess in the fellowship this morning? That's my companion these days. No, we always walk together. So we strolled all the way down home and I was sharing with him and said, see, God was telling me something. Say, faith without work is dead. It means grace frustrated. When faith does not bring things to reality, it's grace frustrated. <laughs> faith without work is dead. 
That means grace frustrated. When circumstances are still overcoming you and yet you say you have grace. What is grace for? <laughs> faith that is of the history. To me is grace frustrated. For faith is now. Is that okay? And that can only come by what? The revelation of who Jesus is. I didn't come to present a prophet to you. I didn't come to present a Baptist to you. I didn't come to present a giver of properties to you. I came to present the Son of God who is living his life through you now. That out of that life, your light will begin to do what shine. And there is no power in the universe that can comprehend the light. The immediate reason is because all things were created by him, including the darkness. That's food for thoughts. God bless you.